right, sweetie, time to head home. Hold it right there. Wait just one minute. We're here to talk about something super important. Seatbelt safety. Woohoo! Oh, hello. What's all the fuss about? Well, ma'am, we're here to warn you and your little hero about seatbelt safety. Hey, Mom, why are seatbelts so important? Oh, buckle up, kiddo. Seatbelts keep us safe in case of an accident. They're like our superhero shields. Exactly. They protect us from getting hurt and keep us in place from sudden stops and turns. That's really good to know. Safety first, right? Hey, Mom, that gives me a great idea. I'll always remember to click that belt. Now that's the spirit. Remember, superheroes always buckle up. And remember, it's not just for superheroes. Everyone should buckle up and stay safe. Click that, click that, click that belt. Click that, click that, click that belt. Click that, click that, click that belt. Remember, even if it's just you or your friends and family too, every time you're riding in a car, whether it's near or far, make sure you hear the sound of that seatbelt going down. We got one thing to say and it's gonna be heartfelt. When you go for a ride, make sure you click that belt. Brought to you by One Way Publishing for Safer Highways. And that's your tip of the day to get you on your way. Black and Blue, the podcast that's just for you. We bring solutions to everyday problems. We are here to humanize the badge. By interviewing first responders and discussing their trainings, experiences, and publications. Black and Blue airs weekly at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tune in.
start the show. And we're on the screen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another episode of Black and Blue. I am your host. I am Coach Clee. I'm your motivational speaker, your empowerment coach, your author, and your favorite baker's favorite baker. Thank you guys for tuning in. We had an incredible month, the month of October. And like I said, we're going to fit end out the, the rest of this month with another barn burner, okay? This interview is going to be a little different than before. Like I said a couple weeks ago that I went to a training in Philly with um, on the front line training with Haida. And it involved uh, Michael Laidler, who was a former guest on the show. He gave the training there. And we did we got some clips, excerpts, some recordings from the training itself. We got a recap of the interview that we had uh, before that. And then we got to get a bonus follow-up uh, interview with that. And not only that, we got to, I got to interview uh, two of the executive, one executive director and one project manager for Haida as well. So we got an all-star lineup. I will be doing some maintenance in the middle of this because I couldn't upload all the videos uh, for this segment. So hopefully I'll be able to get them done while the other videos are playing with no interruption, but you might see a little glitch tour there. I uh, got, uh, let me see, we got a comment coming in already. One comment from Jimmy Jamon. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Make sure you hit that like button. Likes are free, ladies and gentlemen. Likes, hit that subscribe button. Show this all. This platform is sponsored by One Way Publishing. One Way Publishing, you can see the website scrolling below. It's also in the comment section, workwithclee.com. If you're looking for a voiceover for starting Be Safe, like you saw the commercial in the beginning of this, that's where you want to go. If you're looking for it to be on this platform, if you're a first responder and law enforcement officer, that's how you would want to do that. This platform is geared for first responders and law enforcement officers, whether you're rookie, seasoned, or retiree. And we discuss trainings, experiences, and publications, and we don't fall short from that. We've had an exciting month, and November is going to be an even more exciting month. Got the all-star lineup getting ready for that. I wish I could tell you who's going to be coming down, but you guys got to stay tuned. We're streaming on five different platforms right now, okay? We're on two on Facebook, we're on two on YouTube, and one on LinkedIn. So I can't see who's all in here right now, all right? But make sure you guys hit that like button. Make sure you guys hit that share button. If you have a question or a comment, put it in the comment section, and I'll address it accordingly, okay? Uh, and like I said, this is normally a live interaction. I'm the only one live today, um, but I'll still address those questions and get those comments on the screen. Uh, Michael Laidler, he's in here as well, but his is recorded, and we're going to have a lot of fun doing that. Make sure I hit off on all the things that I was supposed to hit off on. I probably didn't, but we're still going to keep the train going. Um, we Like we like I said, I'm going to do a recap. Um, Michael Laidler, the last time he was on the show, when he was on, I forget when he was on here. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. He's in the comment section now. Uh one thing we got, hold on, before we do that, got to give a shout out. Michael Laidler, got to get introduced, and that's what we got to do. Michael Laidler, his website will be scrolling below since so I get this banner up as well, michaellaidler.com. So if you're looking to book him, if you're looking to get a copy of his book, all that, he's an international speaker, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys didn't already know that. He's also a national trainer for law enforcement and first responder. He's also an author, he's a podcast host, and many, many more. Here's his book right here. Greatness Beyond the Badge, and he discusses leadership and things along those lines. And at the uh, event, I was in Philly at the FOP. Got you know, I got the challenge coin front and back. Show you guys that I gotta get move. I got challenge coins behind me. You can't see them because I'm blocking them. I gotta put them up uh, at least one level up on the stand behind me, so you guys can get a feel for it and get to see. A few months ago, absolutely, yep, on here, and his website is scrolling below. But we are going to jump ahead and look at the recap 
of the last time Michael Layler was on the show. All right. Enjoy. With recruitment and a huge issue with retention. We really have to focus on building people to be people. And for me, that's one of the things that brought me back into this whole self-awareness and mm -hmm. understanding your direction because when you don't understand who you are, and I will hear people say, oh, I know who I am. Well, tell me who you are. Well, I'm this guy. I've been doing this for 20 years. I know who I am. Yeah, but you can tell me what the, what the organization is. What's yeah. your mission statement? What's your vision statement? Why did you join this industry in the first place? Law enforcement has not changed. It right. has not changed in. And it's this, anybody born for. Nope. Sorry about that glitch right there. Trying to upload one to another going back years. You know, when you're walking into this industry, you have a general idea of getting into. Yeah. It's not like all of a sudden, like we made it like this old bells and whistles or this pretty thing. I mean, growing up, we saw cops, the shows. I mean, we know we know what they're doing. I mean, Hillsborough County, I I, I mean, all the girls in Florida, I, I didn't necessarily know where Hillsborough County was, but I knew it was in Florida. I was like, oh, look at these guys running after people getting dope. Yeah. For me, I think it's about, once again, going back to the root of everything that we do. Mm -hmm. Who are you? Why did you start this industry? You asked one of the greatest questions that can be asked to anybody. Why did you get into this industry? When you're able to define that and you truly believe it, not me believe it as Michael Laylor, not me believe it as the warden or the chief of police or the sheriff. Mm -hmm. Why did you get in this? And I, for me, I think when you're able to define that, you're going to know what works. So we do have a recruitment and a retention problem, but we have an identity problem as well. Mm -hmm. I think that we could give these amazing recruitment bonuses, 10, yeah. 15, DC, I saw it gave like 25 grand, but all we're doing is create created people just moving around every year yeah. once a contract's over. So you get 15 here in, in Florida, okay, then you're gonna go to the next city over again, 15 next year. Yeah. So yeah. we're just creating an incentive thing, but what studies will show is that when you start developing people for other skills, not saying that you're gonna show them how to be a better shooter, or a better driver, they're uh -huh. going to stick around, statistically speaking. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the statistic says 80 or 90%. It's uh -huh. more like the 20 to 40% range. But if you had 100 officers, let's get, let's sip, let's think of a very basic number. Let's say, you know what, let's even go more simple. Let's say you had 10 officers okay. and you offered this training program that helped them be a better person, a better father, a better mother, a better brother. If you can keep two of those officers six months longer, because of that program that you spent a small amount, a small amount of money on, because I, I promise you right now, if you spent, let's say $2,500 on a training program, that's a lot cheaper than not having an officer in that spot for six months and then going through the hiring process. Because yeah. let's say a month, you're going to spend more than $2,500 on overtime. Let's call yeah. it what it is. So yeah. if you can keep those two officers in place because you spent $2,500 on their growth from them to be in a training program, mm -hmm. They're going to stay and you're going to help them build on a skill that they need to get to. And a lot of times people don't know what they want. So you can help guide them by giving them different programs that work on their vision statement, mm -hmm. different programs that work on their mission statement. And once you have that, that's where you're going to see the, the let's go back to Stephen Covey's, the paradigm shift. Yeah, that's, that's when you're going to see that happen. But the paradigm doesn't shift if you don't know what it needs to shift to. And I think that's going back to agencies 
developing, taking some of that money where they can and mm -hmm. using that to build up the officers they currently have in their organization. And the best recruiters are going to be your internal officers. It's not going to be your superstar, rah-rah recruiter. It's not going to be that chief of police that, that looks amazing with the 17 stars on his or her collar. It's going to be that 20-year-old, that 30-year-old, yeah. even a 40-year-old that's going to say, hey, man, I work for this amazing agency, man. You know what they did for me? They put me through this training. They helped me get through college. They helped me with whatever I had going on. And that's what built me from there because that money's going to come and go, but it's going to be those skills you build. Um, what is the Bible verse that goes that you can lead a man to water, but teach from the fish goes forever. I mean, yeah. seriously, I mean, just leading them to the water is, is the, is the, is the recruitment incentive, but showing them how to fish is going to be the retention tied to it. So yeah. if you want to keep your people, you have to build them up. You have to give them more than what the annual requirement is of that 40 hours a year of whatever your in-service training is. You have to grow them as people if you want to compete. You have to. Absolutely. I remember I went to a training where that, that was implemented where, you know, you have a, it takes three to five years to actually learn the job for law enforcement traditionally. Uh, you get those rock stars that may get it right out the gate, but you, you got to implement what you learn in the academy, life experience, and mess it all together. Then you find out who you are. So it takes a little while. So then you get those three to five years. And with those bonuses, you get those bonuses that you have to stick around for the department for three years. Then after those three years, then, you know, like you said, someone's going to bounce around. In this training, they said, of course, how much money does it take to train an officer to get him where you want him to be? And they put that number out there. And how much money does it take if that officer just goes and you have to start all over and train somebody new? You're keep spending that same money over and over again. Where, in fact, if you just train that officer properly and you keep training that officer, that person, and build them up, the statistics will show that they'll stay and they'll be more of an asset to that that um, department or that agency itself. And therefore, you get more bang for the buck if you're looking at it as a business aspect. Yeah, and that's what you should be because at the end, if, if, if I'm a chief of police, a sheriff, a director, a warden, that's what you have to look at. Everything's business, especially especially from their level. And mm -hmm. looking at the big picture, the financial costs, it's like, hey, do you want them just to leave and you have to go recruit? You yep. have to miss out on retraining because you're going to have to train somebody. Mm -hmm. Train your local talent. Train the people you have. Don't keep reaching out because it's easy to say, oh, I'm just going to get rid of that person. Like I, I, one of my pet peeves is when someone says, oh, they can leave or just yeah. let them go if they, if they want to go. If they want to go, let them go. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Try to figure out why they want to go. Like if, if you want to, if you want to walk out the door, there it goes. How do we have this recruitment or this retention epidemic and we're still telling people this? Like, that is so archaic. That is so like, like it's like a Neanderthal saying, hey, I'm going to just beat you over the head with this until you figure it out. It doesn't work like that. We know how generations change. We know yeah. the, the generational conflicts. We know that what traditionalists faced back in the 1950s is different from what Generation Z wants right now. It yeah. is different. What yeah. used to work has to change but like that training you went to, it is going to change if you know how to appropriately spend your money. Good point. Good point.
absolutely. And that was a, a quick recap on the interview that took place a few months ago. If you want to watch the rest of that interview, you can go to YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook pages, uh, Coach Clee or Black and Blue. Uh, you'll you'll be able to find it. Type in the Michael Laidler interview, and it'll be the very first one. This one is being uploaded right now as we speak. Shout out to fratern- the, uh, the Philadelphia Lodge uh, number five of the FOP. Um, th- their facility is beautiful. It's the first time I've ever been there. Uh, that's where this training it was, where we're going to discuss tonight or show videos of tonight, and it's amazing. I got a, a quick intro recap, uh, uh, just a couple of wonderful things that are around that area. So check this out, and then we're going to jump right into these interviews. Quick shout out. That was a fun training and nice facility and uh good building. Um gonna give a couple shout outs for one, um, the Haida project manager. Haida, if you don't if you're not aware, you know, it stands for high intensity drug trafficking area. And the project manager, Ron uh Adams, I was able to corner him before he uh had to go about taking care of other business throughout the day. And we got a brief interview with him on what his his role is um and what Haida does and things along those lines. So here we go. Clee Tillman here with the Black and Blue podcast. I'm here introducing Ron Adams, programs manager for the LMA Haida that's in the uh, Philadelphia area. All right. And we're here for a special uh, presentation on. Can you explain uh, the presentation that we're here for, uh, how you met Mr. Laidler, and what we are in store for for the remainder of the day? All right. Well, this is the On the Front Lines training, leadership and uh, wellness, or, or mental wellness through leadership. And so uh, basically what we're trying to do is instill in leadership and officers that are attaining leadership uh, the importance of kind of like trust, communication, and mental wellness. I met Mike uh, through Shatim Mills, who was an officer on the Haida Task Force here. Um, Mike had been doing this training throughout the country. He reached out to me to see if we'd have any interest. We were looking for something like this, but there's not a lot of that out there, so we were really happy that we could find Mike. And so actually he came in town, we went out to lunch, talked a little bit more about the training, learned a little bit more about Mike, was very impressed, and brought him in. So for the rest of the day, there'll be a lot of interaction, roundtable discussion, feedback, videos, and then a wrap up and evaluation so we can figure out what we hit, what we missed, and move forward. But I'm really excited. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us.
Shout out to Ron Adams for that. Um, good interview. Good good preview of what's to come. Got another interview with the, the executive director, Jeremiah Daly. Uh, he speaks very highly, of course, of Haida. And Haida, uh, I'm not sure if it's national. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but if you can supply a facility, they can put on the training for free uh, in most cases. Don't quote me on that. I'm, I don't work for them. But at least in most cases, from what I understand, if you can provide a facility, they can bring in um, the trainees and they can put on the training for free. So let's check out what Jeremiah has to say. I'm Cleet Tillman right here interviewing Jeremiah Daly. There we go. Philadelphia Police Department. Uh, can you give us a brief intro on what's going on today, who you are and who you're highlighting? Sure. Uh, we're really happy to be here uh, with uh, Mike uh, Tillman uh, going over the need for better training mm -hmm. uh, for our law enforcement leaders uh, to address the, the, the mental health and wellness of the officers and bridging that gap between the supervisory role and the employee care role. Um, my background is uh, uh, with the Philadelphia Police Department for 25 years and now almost 20 years as the Haida director in this part of the, uh, the world. And we've seen way too many officers you know, have crises develop and some of them unfortunately turn into suicides. Yeah. All right, thank you very much. There we go. The interviews with those guys. Thank you guys uh, for being available and uh, being put on the spot and providing great interviews to add to this podcast here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, before we actually jump into a couple clips of Michael Laidler in the training, because he's going to talk about leadership, unconscious buying, he's gonna, uh, bot biases. He's going to talk about um, uh, generational differences. Um, he's going to talk about seeking help, you know, for yourself and for others in some of these upcoming clips. Before we jump into that, we're going to have Sergeant B. Safe let him say a few words. Stand by. Your service has been temporarily disconnected. Psst. Hey, Megan. You need those pills to help you feel better. Treacherous Tony can help you. Um, uh... Megan, no! Don't listen to him! It's dangerous! Oh no... Hey there, sweetheart. Looking for something special? Um, uh, I've got this strange feeling something's not right. Captain Chaos, come on. We need to go investigate. Investigate? But I just bought a new yo-yo. <sighs> oh my goodness. I just don't get it. Hold it right there, treacherous Tony. We know what you're up to. And we won't let you harm innocent people. You can't stop me. I've got connections. We're not afraid of your connections, Tony. We're here to protect the community. And make sure Megan gets the help she needs legally. Thank you, officers. You are absolutely welcome, Megan. Remember, folks, there's legal ways to get the help that you need. Don't let anyone take advantage of you. And if you ever need a helping hand, Sergeant B-Safe and Captain Chaos are here to save the day. And that's your tip of the day to get you on your way.
All right. Hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, and some of you guys, if you got, if you're familiar with the platform, you got to understand the voiceovers for certain be safe for guys who are actively working in the field. Most of them, ninety percent of them, um, they don't want the accolades or the shout outs. But if you do know them or know of them, uh, some of them have uh, other business pages uh, going on as well. Make sure you guys check them out. Make sure you guys give them a shout out because I appreciate the work that they do. Uh, and speaking of the work that they do, I appreciate the work that Michael Labor did uh, with his training. In uh, this clip coming up, he talks about leadership, and this is actually the, during the training session itself while I was recording him, and he did a tremendous job. So hear what he has to say about leadership. The goal through the direction of human assistance. The man who successfully marshals his human collaborators to achieve particular ends is a leader. A great leader is one who can do so day after day, year after year, in a wide variety of circumstances. In a nutshell, what does that mean? Is that you're going to bring people along this journey with you. And as you grow and build yourself, as you look at your own leadership style, you're going to realize the importance of your role in this entire process. But understanding that there's people involved. I know this kind of wording is a little bit um, traditional in the sense of it was written a long time ago. But when you start bringing it to more modern terms, you hear human assistance. Well, people follow you. Just use another term for it. But I like to put this on here because it lets me know and it helps me reaffirm how long we've been working on leadership. It wasn't like something that just came out in 2023, 2005, 2001. It's been something that's been around for decades, if not hundreds of years, and we still need help in it. We still need to refocus on that because it's a daily grind to build ourselves in that area. A question for you guys. Do you think you can influence senior leadership? Yes. yes. All right. And his trainings are very interactive. It's question and answer. Uh, you do group activities. You have group discussions and leadership. I know he talked about it on the last podcast. He talked about it in his book. He talks about it in his book here. And like I said, he goes nationally and international and talks about leadership. I believe he did a John Maxwell training as well. And, you know, if any of you know John Maxwell and readers out there, you know, John Maxwell is all about leadership. So therefore, you know, he jumped jumps all over that. How leadership is important from the top all the way to the bottom. And even that down at the lower levels, he explains how you can still be a leader and things, things that need to actually still need to be in place and things that need to develop and change throughout the course of time because times are changing. Well, he also talks about unconscious biases. Uh, he, we did that in the training. We did group um, group conversations along with that. And here's a clip for here, for that. I don't see Joe Smith again. Is that an unconscious bias you should be aware of? Because could that change? Could you actually go there and something's actually wrong with Joe Smith? All right, so there's a couple of unconscious biases that we have. Now, I am going to ask for participation, and if you can't read it, come a little closer, but I'm going to have you guys actually read that versus me, because if I'm going to say it quickly. So, halo effect. Who wants to read halo effect? Okay. You got some good eyes. The tendency for positive impressions of a person to reflect positivity or influence judgments and opinions in other areas. Have we ever had a friend that we said, you know what, that's a good dude. He has to be good in that area, too. Have we had that before? Have we had a few people that we might put on a pedestal because of their past actions? They can't do no wrong. That's what a halo effect is. You're essentially projecting every positive scenario onto that person. Yep, and that's a clip. Of course, it goes on and on about the other highlighted topics that were on that screen. Uh, we can't go through all of them. You guys need to do that. Uh, but he, of course, um, he goes on about that. Um, 
and he talks about that you got to take the training if you want to learn more about that his website scrolling below but then we we did something this one right here is one what resonated with me the most is because i knew that we have multiple generations in the work field right now uh and each generation of course came up in different times they have different influences um the boomers have a different influences influences uh, millennials, Gen Z, Gen X, so many different things are influencing so many different things that are, were brought up differently. Some were brought up during black and white TV, that transition to color TV. Some are grown up with, they know nothing but internet and there's a few in, in between. So we talked about generations and the motivations for that and how we can all still be a positive influence toward each other while still having these differences. And it's, this, there's a fifth group out there, traditionalists, there, anybody born before 1946, they're still in the workforce, but they're such a small number, they're only like, a, they, at last time I checked last year, they were under 3%. So they're probably two, maybe one. And then there's another generation coming to the workforce, which some of our kids, my son's 10, so he's not there yet, but some of our kids are now another generation. We're not gonna talk about that group that comes after Gen Z, but there are four groups. And we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a little bit of fun. We're gonna have a little bit of an exercise on this. So all here, I have four notepads. Second, four notepads. Yep. And we're gonna break up into small groups, groups of three, and then one group will have four. What you're gonna do on your notepad, you're gonna take about five or ten minutes, and we're gonna go over a couple of categories. We're gonna talk about the groups, their aspirations the attitude towards career and a communication purpose. So whatever group you get, I'll tell you the years, that'll be what your group discusses. Only that particular time frame, <laughs> because I wanna see y'all's perception, <coughs> not mine. And I'm gonna make it I'm gonna make it a little bit more fun because I know some of you guys know each other. So rather than y'all group up, I'm gonna make sure y'all are spread out a little bit. And so we worked on the group uh, for different generations on what are some of the influences, what are some of the stereotypes and the stigmas for each generation in separate groups. And then we came together and we got to highlight some of the positive, negatives, stereotypes, what have you about each group. OK, uh, another topic that we discussed was seeking help. I'm going to pull this up. Bear with me because, I, you know, I can't pull up all the videos at the same time. But we talked about seeking help. And here it is. He explains this briefly. Stand by is that people forget things. And she literally, she was going through this battle on her own. So to me, now I go and say, what do you need to start this program right now? What do you need to get yourself more involved in building yourself up mentally? Because it's important to know. If you don't know that part, you're never gonna get to it. Other question, how might your life change if you participated in this program? Let them start recognizing the benefits. You don't have to recognize it for them. But let's say, for example, we asked the group right now, how might it change if you guided somebody you knew that committed suicide to get in a program like this? How might have your life, how might have your life have changed? What would it change? What, what, what would have changed in your life if you would have intervened on something that you recognized earlier? If well, you, you actually may not have it. the guilt. Yeah. You may not have the uh, negative emotion towards it. absolutely and seeking help talking about the stigma stigmas with that anyone as a first responder or law enforcement officer you know that uh we, you got that bravado we get we're the fixers we don't need uh fix uh we don't ask for help uh seeking help is important for uh mental 
mentally, spiritually, physically, whatever it may be, because we all know that this occupation is draining, either from swing shifts, dealing with people, uh, or the trauma, so much negativity. We discussed all that in that training itself, okay? So those are the clips that we had uh, from the training itself. The next follow-up, the next round of clips, I'm going to have to pull up one by one, were the individual sidebar clip or, or interview that I got to get with him after the training, all right? So make sure you guys check these out, but we're going to jump to a certain be safe quick while we get everything loaded. Which one are we going to do here? Which one do you want to see? Since the holidays coming up, see if we can get this Halloween one going here. As we all enter this holiday season, be mindful and vigilant that this is when scammers and thieves like to take full advantage of us. It's more than just ghosts and goblins out there. There's real life monsters like Rodney Blind and Chance Wilder ready to hurt and take advantage of kids and adults alike. Kids and parents, be mindful while out trick-or-treating and don't accept candy from strangers. There's a lot of things out there that may look like good candy that's actually very poisonous for you. So let's be safe and only go to places that you know and be accompanied by an adult that you trust. And that's your Halloween tip of the day to get you on your way. Ooh. Subscribe now. All right, let me get that off the screen here. Like I said, so these next round of videos are the interviews that we had uh, after the training was over. Uh, thank you, Michael, for sticking around long enough for me to capture these videos. Uh, the training was tremendous. And the interviews afterward were amazing as well. So we're going to jump into this. Let me pull these up here quick, Oz. Let's see here. Part one. Yep, here we go. Here we go right now. Boys and girls, we are back again in the lab on Black and Blue. I'm your host, Coach Clee. I have Michael Labler here, and we just completed his training. Uh, again, you guys remember he was on the podcast before. He was on Black and Blue before. Now we are face-to-face. -face. Michael, can you tell us a little bit about why you're here, here in the training, what your training is about? You know, for me, it's a lot about self-awareness, which I eventually found out deals a lot of, with mental wellness and law enforcement. Then I started to think about the gap that's between mental wellness programs and our CEOs, because mm -hmm. our CEOs, our police chiefs, our sheriffs, our wardens, they're investing a lot of time, money and effort into wellness programs. But there's a gap that's in between mm -hmm. and that's leadership. OK, for me, I've been trying to figure out how I can bridge it, what I can do. And then I realized there's three components overall that we need. We need better communication. We need to foster greater trust. And we have to have an actual system to help our leaders implement mental, mental wellness programs. Okay. Mental wellness programs is what we uh, talked about here in the training. And uh, we discussed, we did interactive group setting style question answers. We did group uh, trainings. We did scenarios. We played uh, learning games. 
uh, also to kind of get the point across. We talked about various topics on, you know, coaching and being coachable. And one thing that resonated with me was you kind of cleared up the, the fact of coaching and mentoring on how different they are. Uh, can, you, can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I started to st study coaching about, let's say, six years ago when I joined the John Maxwell team. Mm -hmm. Before, I thought it was a coach's job to give all the answers. I thought it was my job to say, you know what, Clee, this is the way you should be doing things. However, what I learned about coaching, it's about a collaborative approach to help you get the answer that right. you already know. I don't need to create the answer. My job is to ask thought-provoking questions that will get you there. For me, it's been transformative in how I process things now with people because I don't come into a coaching session or feedback or constructive criticism with the mindset that I have to fix you. I come in, how can I lead you to where you already know where to go? You just need my guidance. And with that different mindset, it has really changed how I coach people, how I train, how I speak, because now I realize that a lot of people know the answers. They just need my help to kind of bring it out of them. Yeah, good answer, good answer. And some of the interactive games that you played, you got the, uh, the what was the, the thumb ball back there? And you go, you know, you toss it in between and then you, uh, whatever your thumb lands on, you ask that question and then you answer it, you answer it honestly. How does that normally go in the trainings? I know it went pretty well here today, but how does that normally go in the trainings? It is one of the most amazing activities I learned years ago. I have done it for groups as small as five or six, up to 300. Oh, wow. Groups really enjoy it because it's an opportunity to them for them to speak freely on something they know. For the thumb ball, it has probably about 30 questions on it. And like mm -hmm. you said, wherever you catch it, wherever your thumb lands, that's the question you're gonna have and you're gonna answer. So for example, one of the questions we have is how do you manage stress? Mm -hmm. That question is different for everybody. However, when you hear your peers, other students in the class talking about it, you're like, you know what? I can relate to that. So for me, the thumb ball allows me to get people involved, but also help open up the room because it gives people a chance to be genuine and authentic. There you go. There you go. And I'm going to pull the, the rest of them up. Make sure you guys hit that like button, tag, like, and share as well, where I would continue on with these clips and get the, the rest of this stuff here. Uh, my apologies. I can only load up so many at a time. Let me see here. Make sure you put some comments in the comment section on how, what you believe, what, what resonated with you, what do you, what part what part did you learn from? What did you like most? We talked about leadership, talked about unconscious biases, talked about generational. We talked about uh, seeking help as well. But here's part two. We are here at the, uh, and we're here in Philadelphia. Have you ever done trainings here at the, uh, where this facility is the uh, Fraternal Order of Police? Mm -hmm. Now, for me, this is my first time ever teaching at this lodge. And I will tell you, I've been so amazed about the size of it. I had parts in the back and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is like a little hole in the wall. Yeah. I walked downstairs and the first room is like a wide open like reception hall. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, I look to the left. I see another hall. I look to the right. I see a hall. I actually went the wrong way when I first came in. <laughs> and then as I started to walk more in the building, I was like, they have all of this. And then finally, we came to this conference room that's almost in the center. It's like the heart of the building. And the way the setup is, the, the lighting, the mm -hmm. sound. It's been nice. I didn't realize how nice of a room we were gonna come to. Although I had high expectations for Haida and mm -hmm. the way they organized. I know they wouldn't give us anything shabby, but you don't really know until you get here and you see it. So for me, this lodge has been outstanding to be in. The services were great. The people that greeted me when I came in, they were very helpful. The food was great. Breakfast, lunch, the water, the facilities, <laughs> everything you could think of 
was good here and I would definitely look forward to coming back. Absolutely, absolutely. This was a great experience and a great training. Uh, uh, one, one by far the least. How many agencies uh, were here that you're aware of and how many various states? It was at least three states, including um, New Jersey, mm -hmm. Philadelphia, and Delaware. Okay. As far as agency goes, I want to say there was about nine different agencies through those three states that actually attended. So we had a chance to hit three different states with mental wellness, mm -hmm. leadership in mental mm -hmm. wellness, because that's the most important part about it. And I think the fact that we were able to touch all these individuals today is gonna allow us to spread our message that we're all trying to accomplish just from a leadership standpoint. Gotcha, gotcha, thank you for sharing. And to follow up and to finish up and wrap up uh, the interview here, uh, tell us a little bit of how important is leadership and leadership in understanding uh, the, their peers' mental health and well-being, since that's such a hot topic now in the world. There's a phrase, and it's one of the first quotes I open up with, Everything rises and falls in leadership, mm -hmm. which is a phrase by John Maxwell. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Whatever you have going on in your agency right now, leadership will dictate how successful it is. Leadership will either promote it or demote whatever program you have, especially when it comes to mental wellness. A lot of times we look to our leaders for answers. We want to see if they're walking the talk, if they're participating. And when we look at mental wellness, if we don't see that, we're going to feel like, it's not worth it, that it's not important to them. So for me, establishing that leadership role throughout the whole agency, whatever agency you might be working for, mm -hmm. is vital, especially if you have mental wellness and you try to promote it because the leaders, no matter if you're formerly a leader or not, you could be a team leader on a squad, you could be the senior man on the SWAT team, mm -hmm. or you could be the chief of police. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, you play a role in leadership development in mental wellness. Absolutely, good point. Yep. And he discusses this in his book, too. You know, um, Greatness Beyond the Badge. Make sure you guys check that out. It's on his website uh, as he goes around. It's one way to keep in contact with him if you have any direct questions for him. Or if you're looking to book him for any kind of event like Haida uh, did or anything else along those lines here. Let me see. Pull this last one up here. And here we go. Yep, part three. Make sure you guys tune in. Thank you very much. You gave us a, a tremendous interview. Uh, we appreciate you coming here to Pennsylvania. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us before you depart? One thing I want people to understand is that each of us have a role in helping each other out. We talk about our brothers and sisters, our family and law enforcement. Mm -hmm. As a leader, this is your chance to actually prove it. I don't want to just hear us talk about getting better. I don't want to just hear us saying that we're going to grow our staff or the people around us. I want to see us executing in a way of recognizing what's going on, recognizing behaviors that may be overlooked, intervening by actually addressing it, providing feedback, and then finally coaching people, helping them build up, helping them maintain that confidence, helping them find that answer to get to these mental wellness programs because as leaders, it is our responsibility to help the people that we love and get to where they need to be. Absolutely. Good point. Good topic. Thank you very much. I'm going to highlight, zoom in right there, ladies and gentlemen. We will be discussing the book as well. But thank you, Michael, for doing the interview. Thank you for putting on such a great program and, and presentation. We appreciate you. Thank you. 
Yep, thank you very much. Um, so those are the videos. Uh, we got to see um, the, the original video that when he was originally on the podcast. We got to see um, him in, actually in training, video clips of that. I tried, I wanted to sneak in a few. I didn't want to interrupt him too much while he was doing the training. And then we got to see the um, the uh, in, interview afterward. Uh, when everyone left, we got to get a recap on that. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's a, good, it's a nice person to meet. We, that was the first time we got to meet face-to-face. I appreciate him for setting aside time uh, to do this interview because he's a very busy man. He's he, I think he left out six o'clock the next morning and go travel back to Texas or somewhere. And he's been doing things since. Um, he, he a great guy, great mentor, great advice. We talked um, backstage uh, a couple times, and he always drops gems. And I appreciate him, and I appreciate uh, the training that he's been doing. And like I said, Haida has been doing uh, – he's been working with Haida, at least in this area, to do these kinds of trainings. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this was a little different. I know it's a little different. We do the live interactions. We have the live interviews, and it's normally very organic. Um, but I had to take advantage of the opportunity with Michael being here and actually being face-to-face with him. So I, I tried to jump in, get in those interviews where we could, get in and pick his brain a little bit and see how he works in the field. All right. Uh, make sure you guys tag, like, and share this. This is Black and Blue. We go live weekly at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And when we go live, we go live with a special guest and we discuss their trainings, their uh, businesses, or their publications and how it goes hand in hand with law enforcement or first responders. So if you're looking to be on the show, website is in the uh, description box and it's also in the name field. Make sure you check that out, workwithlee.com. If you're just looking to see what goes on here and show how we humanize the badge, how we have fun doing it, please check us out. Like I said, we go live once a week. We got an all-star lineup coming for November. Uh, I'd love for you. We're going to jump right into it next week. Going to have a few clips from the uh, highlight show playing throughout the week, um, mainly on um, either be on YouTube or LinkedIn or a combination of the two. Uh, Make sure you guys give it the likes to um, uh, Michael Laidler and his podcast. I'm not sure exactly when it airs, when it's on, but he's on YouTube as well. And he's got so many different things going on. Uh, He's giant in his community. Uh, Big name. I appreciate him. I appreciate the things that he's been doing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're going to jump to a certain be safe uh, cartoon commercial here and see what else we got going on. Let me see which one we can do. Can we do? Yeah, let's do the house fire one. Stand by. I forgot I left the oven on, and now it's caused a fire. Oh no! I hear an alarm! Sergeant, be safe. Can you help me? Sergeant, be safe to the rescue. Of course I can. I'm here to keep you safe. I know it's the holidays and we all get excited, but you gotta keep an eye when you're cooking in the kitchen. This grease fire, you want to smother the flame. A fire extinguisher works best. Never leave food unattended while you're cooking, even if it is for a second. Thank you for your help. Without you, the fire would have caused this holiday to be disastrous. You're welcome. Hey guys, one adventure down. Now I'm back at the office. Let's see if I can give you guys some more tips for the holiday. We already talked about websites that are scams, emails, letters, and social media. 
careful where you put your information because once it's there, it's there. Don't give an opportunity for Chance Wilder to scam you out of your currency and digital currency. It only takes a second for him to ruin your life. Lock your doors, lock your doors, lock your doors. Do not leave your car key in your car or anyone else's vehicle either. Keep it in a safe place, away from the vehicle. And that's your tip of the day to have a safe holiday. Happy Thanksgiving! Subscribe now. Yep, and speaking of the holidays, I know tomorrow is uh, trick or treat for most. Uh, those of you, make sure you guys are being safe. Make sure you guys go in well lit areas. Make sure you have costumes that fit. Make sure you can see out of them. Cross to the crosswalks. We talked about this and starting to be safe. Um, a video as well. Make sure you guys go to houses that you know or that you're familiar with. You know, don't accept candies from strangers. Kids, make sure that you give your candies to the parents so your parents can check them to make sure that you're not ingesting poison. Don't want to be scary and theatrical. However, it is important. Want everyone to be safe. Want everyone to be, have fun on this upcoming holiday and as we embark on the holiday season coming forth. All right. I'm Coach Clee. I'm your motivational speaker, your empowerment coach, your author, and your favorite baker's favorite baker saying 10 4 over and out. And I got a request that some got some of you guys want to see the uh, recap video again of um, the fraternal lodge. Let me pull this up here. I'll play that. Let me find it. Here it is. We'll play that again. And you guys, make sure you guys tune in because uh, Black and Blue is going to be moving forward for November, and we're going to have a lot of fun. All right? You guys be safe. We love you. With recruitment and a huge issue with retention. We really have to focus. Oh, not that one. Sorry. I already played that one. Good. Recap. See if I can get it up here. Not the original one. Uh, what did I label that as? The struggles of going live, right? Yep, I know. Here it is, the intro. That's why I labeled it. There we go.